Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm your host Bella and welcome to another week. I cannot believe it's already the middle of April. It's low-key kind of scary because something big's happening in May and I'm a little bit nervous about it, but we move, we move, we move, we move. Next week's podcast episode is going to be all about it and I'm excited to share it all with you because big change is coming and that's a little bit terrifying, but I'm learning to lean into change. Change is good. I got really anxious about this thing that was happening the other night and I was lying in bed. And you know when you're lying in bed and you just can't really like go to sleep because anxiety is like all these thoughts going around your head and my head was like my heart was racing. And I was like, you know what? This is good. I'm in a weird way grateful that I'm feeling like this because that means that I'm pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And the fact that I haven't felt like this in a long time signals that I needed to do this because otherwise I was getting a little bit comfortable. I know we normally do a big life update. I normally update you all on everything that's been going on. But this episode, this episode is a little bit different this time. I think if I do that, you're going to be here for a long, long, long time. Because for the first time in the podcast history, we have a guest on the show with us, which is really, really exciting. So the person I'm talking to today is Evie. Evie runs her own podcast. She runs the Be The Best Version Of You podcast. which is a podcast focused on releasing your true potential and capabilities through key steps to make you the best version of you. It is a brilliant podcast and I think you're all really going to like it. I've loved listening to some of the episodes. I really like the episode about stop caring what other people think because life's too short. And also she's interviewed some really interesting people. So definitely, definitely check out her podcast. I think you'll really, really like it. I've I think you all really, really like it. I've got a little link here, so you should all be able to click on it and explore and go follow her on Instagram. And I'm excited about this. So today we kind of covered a bit of everything. It was a really interesting conversation because Evie is 24 and I am 21. And she finishes uni four years ago and I've obviously just finished. So we're at quite different life points. We're at quite different, like positions in where we were and it was really interesting and valuable talking to someone who's just that little bit ahead and especially because she's at a point now where she's kind of come full circle she's at a point where she's really happy she knows what she's doing she doesn't feel lost anymore and I feel like I'm I want I think sometimes I'm at that stage but then things happen like things happen this week and I'm just like I'm nowhere near that stage I'm so far away from that stage so it was really (laughs) reassuring to talk to someone older than you and realise how it will all work out. It gave me a bit of a sense of relief. So I really, really enjoyed it. The second half of this episode, if you enjoy it, will be released in a few weeks on Evie's podcast as well. So we split it half in half and I will let you all know when that comes out. She just had, well, has some scheduled episodes for the next few weeks. So without further ado, enjoy the podcast. I hope you like this one. I really like this. And if you like to have me having guests on the podcast... Let me know because I'm not sure whether this is something I want to do more of. I quite liked talking to someone else and (laughs) you guys not having to listen to my solo monologue for 40 minutes. (laughs) But I hope you're all okay and enjoy. Just hit record. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, If we just press record, then at least we know we can cut to wherever we want to and it's less stressful, hopefully. Yeah. 
yeah so we'll just cut like whenever we want now and then mm-hmm. we'll just carry on carry on going and then just like cut like halfway between ours yeah. so I guess you can do yours first um whatever you want to whatever you want to say I don't know I'll add it I don't know. what type of intro should I do what type basically of... like what I do when I have guests on mm-hmm. is I kind of like do my intro separate like yeah I, I was gonna say because otherwise it. you just have to make eye contact yeah. like, oh. no like I like basically what I do is like after I've done the guest on I'll record an intro kind of talking about what we talked about yeah that makes sense um, like their background and like just I basically go on their Instagram and like just literally like read out read their bio kind of thing mm. like just like introduce them and then when I when I actually bring them on now I can just be like oh hey like how are you like it kind of like flows a lot better yeah that makes a lot more sense natural (laughs) okay perfect 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 hello and what well actually no because this (laughs) is in the beginning this is that is not gonna start well it's not going well easy oh it's fine it's fine so welcome to this week's episode of the podcast and today I'm really excited because I have on with me Evie who runs her own podcast as well and we're going to be talking about a lot of different things, a lot about university, travelling, growing up, getting older and I'm excited about this episode. Yeah. I'll say, hey. I, think I, think, I think I need to think of more things no, to say. That was good. That was no, fine. No, I... It will be fine. It will be fine. I can always cut into where you just say hi and record another intro. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Should we just start? Yeah. Should we just begin? I think so. So how was, so what have you been up to then? So you are a life coach now, right? Actually, I feel like I know how I want to start it. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. So hi and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I'm really excited because today for the first time in the podcast history we have a guest which is really really exciting. So today I'm with Evie who has her own podcast and it's brilliant. You need to go listen to it. I'm going to check it in the show notes now so you can have a little click on it and it's really I think you're all going to love it because it's similar to mine and I'm excited but today we're going to be talking about a whole load of different topics. So we're going to be talking about traveling about working about life after uni a bit about uni and just everything encompassing that so welcome Evie I'm excited Hi, I'm Evie. I'm 24 and I'm from Cardiff. So I graduated in 2019 from the University of Reading and I study law at uni. Um, but we'll get back to that and how kind of like my situation changed and how like what I wanted to do as a career has changed because it has dramatically changed since I was since I did A levels. I kind of wanted to take a certain path and now my whole I've had a whole bit of redirection. <laughs> um so since it's 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 been a journey it has been a massive I'm journey I'm excited I'm sure to hear we'll about this because 
yeah it it is really insightful because I, how old are you 21 I'm 21 yeah yes yeah. yeah, so I graduated right. I've literally just graduated last July and then have been working yeah so I'm right. so, excited yeah we're at like very different points because I remember when I was 21 like how I was feeling and mm-hmm. I find I've only really just kind of like got over leaving uni and like all those things like it's it's such mm-hmm. a hard thing and I think that's why today is really important that we are speaking about it because I know that so many people are going through the same thing in terms mm-hmm. of like leaving uni and then leaving that whole bubble there and then oh. having to like move back in with your parents and like I love my parents a bit but it's just like you I was living with my best mates in uni like it was mm-hmm. the best time ever and I really enjoyed my course and like it was just I was, I was so independent and I was just like loving life and then you kind of just like literally like I, I was counting down till exams were done and like I was sad that I was leaving all my friends but I was excited to get back to Cardiff mm-hmm. and then like when I got back like the weeks after that was probably like the loneliest and the most lost I've felt mm-hmm. in the last three in that three years and then it was just no one talks about enough how difficult of a time it was no just the adjustment just, period like, yeah that adjustment period is so hard and I think it mm-hmm. took me a while to get past that like it took me like about a year to like readjust like I found it really hard I don't know about you because obviously you only recently graduated mm-hmm. but I was really lucky because I graduated like the year before Corona. So I was, like, I was just thinking that I was like, you skipped was, it. Yeah. I, I was so lucky. Like so I had my amazing lucky. graduation. Yeah. Like it was like, it was in the sun. Like, and obviously when I graduated 2019, like mm. no one even knew anything. It about, wasn't like, even it was, a thing. Corona didn't exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it was, it's been really interesting to like how, see how people's like uni experiences have really been affected by this. Like, has that, mm-hmm. did it affect yours? massively affected I think I was probably one of the worst years because I had so I had my first year regular and then I had second year up until December and then we all went home end of January so I'm that January of second year and then from January to like so you lost at the end of second year lost the beginning of third year and then we went back into lockdown so like we had continual lockdowns Corona like really disrupted your uni experience so do you mm. find that like affected like your mental health oh well because also what happened for me so I was in a four-year relationship and on the day that lockdown happened he cheated on me and we broke up and so I had this massive like major thing 
as soon as the pandemic began as well. So it's kind of like a catalyst for everything. But I think the biggest thing that upset me about like missing that part of the uni experience, because my boyfriend right now, um, he took a gap year. So he's only in, he's in second year now. Mm -hmm. So now I'm seeing all of the months that he had that I didn't have. And I'm realizing how much you grow as a person, how much the friendships you have are strengthened, how much, because in the first year, you're still learning so much. You're still yeah. learning how to live. And I feel like yeah. I miss those months where the really fun months, like of year two, it's not too serious. It's like, it's still serious, but it's not like third year. It mm-hmm. just kind of went in at the deep end. And I kind of, I think that's the thing that I'm sad about because I think it's taken me a while to get to the point I am now, like mentally and get like overcome things because I skipped this massive chunk. But then in a weird way, I'm kind of grateful for it all happening because it changed the university, like how they examine you and stuff. And that suited me better. So yeah. it's a tricky one. It's like I'm, yeah. there were pros, horrible. Like, and luckily there were some pros of it, but it was just a bit of a, I don't know. Mm. I wonder what I'd have been like if that hadn't have happened, you know? Yeah, it is. It is like, it makes you think, oh, like I wish that happened. But like, you, you just, it's hard because you just, you don't want to, when I was in like, my second year was like the best year. Like, sorry, really? <laughs> this is it. This is what everyone says. Everyone's like, second year is brilliant. And I it's just tell. like, first year is just like doesn't really count. But like, I didn't like the girls who I lived with. I was living with five law girls, mm-hmm. and it was just like it was so good. But like, we was in first year. Like, I wasn't that close with them, and like, mm-hmm. I only got close to them really towards the end of first year because I knew I was going to be living with them in second year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just got like, like my they're like my best mates still now. Like three years later. Like I'm meeting up with them next month in London yeah so it's just like I don't know like we formed a massive huge like bond and connection like in that second and third year I guess Mm. and then it was just third year was like a lot a lot more like full-on but Um, it's nice because you had that support network already and I think that's the thing that I was like kind of like most sad not sad about but I feel like because I missed those months like I was making new friends I was because I didn't meet loads and loads of people in first year like you know when you're still like trying to find the people that mm. you want to be with like friends with and that type of thing mm. and I'd found a really nice house and I'd started to find some other people that I was getting on with and then it like all get cut short mm. and I feel like that is another sad thing about it and it's not just for me but like so many people like yeah. first years who started and everything they lost that ability to find that social network that supporting thing before it gets really hard mm. and I think leaving uni that's been a tricky thing for me because I mm. left and I didn't feel like I had this like super super strong like massive friendship group that everyone like has and that type of thing I think that was also like a tricky like try not to compare and mm. trying to realize that there are other positives because of it and it's yeah. just one of those things you can't really do anything about it but do you know what I mean it's weird yeah like, well, it's just, yeah no. <laughs> no I know but like you know you wouldn't be the person you are now without going through that thing so like no. I guess you just have to be like you have to be grateful I remember in my first few weeks of like year one of uni I was mm. just like I'm gonna drop out like I was just like I hate I don't know like it was just a massive adjustment for me and I'm the type of person like I like to know like kind of like where I'm gonna be like I like that routine and because Mm. it was like I was just thrown into this like thing and like law was really (laughs) hard and I I remember I remember like visiting home and one week and I was like I'm gonna quit but I'm honestly looking back now I'm so glad I did it like I'm so glad I just like carried Mm. on and pursued it like I got to one it was just my graduation was like the most proudest I've ever felt of myself in my whole entire life so it was just like beautiful how do you find because I find this tricky the trickiest thing about like you know, the kind of self-awareness in the past and like that we're both on and we're both trying like invested in it and trying to know more about it and everything. I think the trickiest thing with the thing I have it is like similar to what you just said of when something's bad, 
persevering like not knowing is this a boundary mm. that I shouldn't be doing like this doesn't feel right I shouldn't do it or is this just really uncomfortable and I'm yeah. growing like yeah. that's, it's like just a tricky thing it is really interesting you say that because like, I feel like that line is blurred like mm. how do we know when to kind of like give up because giving up isn't always a bad thing I think giving no. up is such an amazing thing but if I did give up back then oh like looking back imagine if I did like those connections I made like oh like they're literally gonna be bridesmaids in my wedding like we're that that's the thing. and that's- like it's just crazy like if I had given up in that moment and with like that those temporary feelings mm. I did a podcast on this actually it was like don't make permanent decisions based on temporary feelings yeah exactly exactly I think that's the thing you've got to know questioning how this is going to impact you long term yeah is any of it long term it is a tricky one you think you just always know in your gut you know in your gut if this is just mm. one of those things you just have to like just grin and bear it and it's not forever yeah yeah but I think when you feel uncomfortable about something that's when you grow as well and like yeah, that's staying true. in your comfort zone it's just like a nice it's a nice place to be it's like mm. your little bubble and like we we're all we're all used to it and like we're all doing it but I feel like when you step out of that and you step into the fear and you make friends with the fear you start to get uncomfortable but I think sitting with that uncomfortable feeling is really important in terms of progress and mm-hmm. growth how did you so after university when you graduated you then you moved home what did you do after you graduated in that like like yeah take us through what you've kind of done for the past Mm. so basically um I graduated 2019 um July 2019 so that was like one two nearly four three four years ago now so Mm -hmm. like it's really weird looking back like I'm just like where have these years gone so as soon as I graduated like my plans was to move to Australia like that was my plan like uh, like as soon as I finished uni I was going to save for a year go to Australia so I was like sorted but literally like nine months after I graduated corona happened so that literally like effed up all my plans what were you going to do in Australia were you going to work or travel just I wanted to work there like that was always my dream but looking back in hindsight I'm kind of glad it all worked out in the way I did because I'm I've kind of like made more solid foundations here so like Mm. I do move away I'll be in a lot better position but anyway that's like another story so when I came back I applied for a job as a paralegal in like a law firm mm-hmm. um so I worked there for like a week and I literally hated it it was just really? like so mundane it was so what did boring. you have to do for that job um so it was like personal injury claims okay. so like people would bring up and like oh my god it was just like the most boring job and I was like yeah I can imagine not that it dry <laughs> like literally what like the people working there hated it like literally people I spoke to so I was like I sacked that off and I was like is law right for me so I tried again because I'm not the type of person to quit easily no I tried again I did another law job but like the training went on for like a month and then they were just like they didn't say a start date to me for literally months and I was just like feeling really anxious like leaving uni and they never told me like they're like yeah like we're just sorting out with the client like when the start date's gonna be this happened for like four months That's so you can imagine awful. me in this time my emotions were like this yeah. like leaving uni and like being strung along in a job and you've tried it once you didn't like it and, now yeah, and I tried everything. again so I was just like right Evie like come on <laughs> like my emotions were like all over the place yeah. like I've become so much more self-aware of myself now since back then looking back mm-hmm. so I kind of like got the first job I got so I got a role as a teaching assistant in a, in mm-hmm. a school mm-hmm. um because literally like I got an email and I was like I need the money like I need literally. a job like it's driving me insane waiting around for this mm-hmm. stupid job that I don't even really want <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's so not a bad point yeah 
so I got that job as a TA and it was like amazing like I love like working with kids and like having that impact and like positive influence on them like I love it um and then I moved to Dubai for like eight months because I was what just made like you want to move to Dubai like how was it always the plan we just wanted to no, get out my plan was to go to Australia mm. so I was like I can't go there and like the borders have only just opened to Australia like this the, the last few yeah, months taken so ages. I think so I went to the Dubai like December 2020 I think um and I was doing like like I, I went out with no job nowhere to stay literally like no plans I went by what myself you Dubai as a country to travel to um because the weather is absolutely amazing there there's so much to do like I knew I'd be able to live on the beach like swim in the sea after work yeah um the like the jobs in terms of like education like nannying is like you you get paid really well out there um yeah and I knew people out there anyway so I was like oh fuck it I'm gonna go and it was just like the best experience so then I came back um and then I applied for my PGC, which is like teacher training. So mm-hmm. now I start that in September to be a primary school teacher. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's weird how it's, and I obviously have my podcast now. And I started that when I was in Dubai. Cause I was really like, when I was out there, I was very like inspired by like the people I was speaking to. Mm-hmm. And they were like, your outlook is just so amazing and like transformative. Mm-hmm. Like I was having conversations with people and they were like, you've literally changed my whole mindset about this. Like, thank you so much. I was like, how am I going to like, yeah this impact and that's why I've done my life coaching course now so I'm starting to get clients with that that's so exciting yeah so I've just got like so many amazing things in my life and like I'm so grateful that I've kind of like brought all these through like changing my mindset and like believing that I'm worthy of them and just doing all this inner work and that's obviously Mm. like what my podcast is all about like be the Mm. best version of you um and like people seem to enjoy it because it's just like these things are really important obviously you know as well like like these things aren't spoken enough about mm-hmm. and like I'm really really passionate about like mental health and mindset so I kind of just like the the last few years I've kind of like aligned with things that are mean more to me mm-hmm. and like they align with my values so I've gone away from law and gone into more like impact and value mm-hmm. and I guess that's come with like maturing so that's basically like a whistle stop tour of the last five years of my life but it's been a journey but you, it's been really good question a quick question so a lot of people when they start the kind of like self because obviously you're in law and for me it goes like you're in yourself you're kind of just you 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 and then a lot of people have this thing that happens to them and all of a sudden it's like a massively it's like you hit rock bottom you're like you know what my mindset is this is not this what's happening here this is not okay and then from then you it's kind of like before and after for me it's definitely like before and after before I started like before I was just existing and then I was like consciously existing mm. conscious of what I was thinking what I was doing how things impact me and that sort of thing and it kind of all started so what would you say was like the turning point for you in suddenly being like this is not this isn't going on or was it just having the conversations with people whilst you were traveling and that kind of prompted you to be more curious about your <clears throat> impact so it's, it's a tricky one because like when I got back from Dubai I came mm. back in the summer because it was like in Dubai summer it gets like ridiculously hot it's like yeah I bet. so I was oh like I'm not, I'm not doing that so I came back and then it was like July of last year now 2021 mm. and I was still in the mind like do I go down the law path do I go down the teaching path I was in this big predicament for like mm. eight months and I just like I was feeling so lost and like so overwhelmed by this but my I had a conversation with my mum and she was like you just need to make a decision like 
you just need to make a decision like just go just go with it if it doesn't work out it's not the end of the world you just need to just choose one of them Mm -hmm. and she was like what do you want to do and I I think I just needed someone to like ask me these questions that Mm. I didn't actually ask myself and then I was just like like I just said no to law and then kind of like went into this went into this whole world and it was it was from that conversation with my mum because I just went into her room just crying my eyes out and I was Mm -hmm. just like I don't know what to do and she was like make a choice what do you want to do that was basically it and like I think that I know it's not as easy as that but like I think if if your listeners listeners are struggling with like making a choice just make the decision that feels right for you on the inside because mm-hmm. everyone always knows what's right for them so just sit down with yourself or sit down with your parents or like your like family and just be like right what do I want for me what's right for me and then just mm-hmm. go from there I think a lot of the time when you're feeling indecisive about something a lot of it is to do with you know what you want, but you're scared to choose it because you're scared yeah. of the impact it's going to have on everyone else. You're scared of like, like you, you're scared you're in too deep. A lot of my yeah. like kind of fears sometimes like I'm in too deep with this. You've got to commit further. But in reality, you're just going to end up quitting later on. So there's no point carrying on. It's, it's mm-hmm. like a it's a backward way of thinking about it all. How did you deal with when you decided to go down the teaching path and you knew that you kind of liked this? How did you kind of deal with your degree and having your degree behind you and the kind of the headspace? Because I feel like there's so much pressure put on university. There is so much pressure. Mm-hmm. It's like a path that everyone wants to go down, but blah, blah, blah. And they always talk about like, do you want to use your degree? Make sure you do things. There's so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And it really like it, the talking in your head can get really loud about it all. So how mm-hmm. did you deal with deciding that, you know what, I did do that. And I'm glad I did it. And I learned a lot from it. And it wasn't a bad experience, but I'm doing this now. And I'm okay with the fact that that didn't lead to what I wanted it to lead to. Yeah. Um, So basically, like, I'm I'm really glad that I did do my like three year law degree because I wouldn't be able to do my PGC now because that's Mm -hmm. like equivalent to like a master's and you need to have a degree to do that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like everyone's like, you did law, like, why don't you go into law? Like, and the reason why I, I, in my mind, I was like, I should do law is because I did do it as my degree. And I was just like, I feel like I I find it hard to justify to other people why I'm not doing that. When Mm -hmm. I actually just stopped putting all the power to other people and start actually thinking Mm -hmm. about what I want to do, I just didn't really care anymore, like about whatever people had to say, like, if people say stuff then I'm just like I don't have to justify myself to anyone about my decisions and oh. for so long I was like really in that mindset of like being a massive 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 people pleaser and mm-hmm. I was just like always doing things to others and then when I actually just took that power back to me and actually thought okay Evie what does she want to do then I just stopped caring about that and realized like that was just a stepping stone to get me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting, exactly, because you've just got to be able to kind of like step away and realize that yeah. it doesn't matter. You, it, you yeah. were still going to be three years older in that time. That time was always going to pass. Yeah. And it ended up fulfilling you in a way that you didn't, like with the PGC, like you can now do that because of that. Yeah, it all yeah exactly. Together. Strangely, it all kind of happens. It all just works out in the it end. It always does. Weird, and it, everything it, does. Literally, if you hadn't done it, you wouldn't have met your really strong friendship group now. Yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't have had just, the, like you might have wouldn't have met the same people. You might not have gone traveling. These so many different things. You might have committed your life differently in the three years. I think that's mm-hmm. the other thing about doing a degree and then not going into it. It's kind of meant that you can explore other avenues. And after the three years, you're not committed to it. You're not like chained to it. When it's, you've mm-hmm. been in a job for three years, you're right. You're, people are trying to rise like the career ladder get more salaries and everything's kind of like more and more and more it's enticing you in more so it's harder mm. to get out of so I think it's a definite better way 
to do it how are your family about it all were they all really supportive it sounds like they're in a really yeah I'm really family. lucky because like my parents are like the most supportive people like in the world and mm-hmm. they would anything I say any venture I say to them they're just so supportive and they're just like willing to listen they're, they're just on board with anything and like, I like I am aware like I'm really like lucky in that sense because I know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have that around them um so they're just amazing and like they they would love me whatever I do like mm-hmm. if I wanted to do any job like it's not the end of, like I don't know they were proud of me on my graduation day but like they're proud of me for like getting my offer to do my PGC they're proud of me for doing my life coaching they're proud of me for my podcast and they just think the impact that I'm having on the world and like they say that I influence like positive influence them and like to hear that from mm-hmm. them and it's just absolutely amazing because obviously I look up to them so much so they're just like the most supportive people so I am really lucky in that sense. That is, how did you find okay this is kind of a total curveball of a question but I'm curious how did you find going traveling as a solo girl like traveling in Dubai in that type of area how did you find it all especially with everything that's happened it's post-covid you've left uni you don't really know what you're doing so I'm guessing your head's also a bit like you know when your head's in like a calm headspace you can think everything through rationally it's all fine it's like when I'm there's a lot of other things going on and you're away there's a there was a lot of things going on so how did you find it solo traveling well Dubai wasn't the first time I solo traveled so like like I've solo traveled since ever since I've actually got a free masterclass on this about like solitude and like enjoying your own company being able to Mm -hmm. travel alone so I'll speak about that more after but basically like I ever since I was like 16 I've been like extremely extremely independent Mm -hmm. and so I traveled for for, my first solo travel was to Sri Lanka when I was 19 Mm -hmm. so I traveled there for like six weeks and that was just amazing like that was all by myself like that was incredible so what did you do did you just travel around did you go and work somewhere no so I basically like taught English um and this is how it's all come back to like teaching like full circle now so I was like teaching English I didn't even know I wanted to go into teaching then and then I'd like travel on the weekend like and then so that was amazing and then I've solo traveled to Morocco by myself I've solo traveled to Monaco I've solo traveled to Dubai um so I just think I just I'm just I just do it like I don't mm-hmm. feel that fear and I think it's you learn so much about yourself when you when you solo travel obviously as a woman you do have to be like really aware of your surroundings but mm-hmm. you can't stop yourself from doing things you want to do just because you're scared of what, what might happen yeah, um, or you don't have people around you um and it is it the independence you feel when you do solo travel you can do what you want when you want you're on your own itinerary you can move mm-hmm. at your own pace you don't have to ask someone do you want to do this you can ask yourself what do I want to do today yeah there's just so many benefits to it and like so many more advantages advantages to it because I have group traveled like interrailing before yeah. and that was yeah. amazing there's just a completely different experience so yeah, I just like, I've never felt that fear. And like, I think at the airport going to Dubai, I was like, what am I doing? But that's because it was more <laughs> like a move for eight, like yeah. for like eight months. I wasn't sure how long I was going to be there for. But I've just like, I've just got that like personality. I'm just like, I just go for it. Like, I just mm-hmm. really just don't care. And I think I'm not going to like not live my life because I'm like scared something might happen. Because if it mm-hmm. does happen, then I'll deal with it when it comes to it. And then yeah I'm not gonna exactly I think one of my big things that I found because right now I'm spending quite a lot of time on my own because I like moved home after uni and all of my friends are like in different places I live in a really tiny well like a town in the north so no one is really near and there's not a lot going on and one so I spend like obviously I have my family but you know when you like you kind of like when you're just chilling so you have your entire like in similar to kind of when you're on your own solo traveling you choose what you want to do all the time it's like what do I want to watch what do I want to do this type of thing 
But now one of the things I'm struggling with, which I'm curious is like, if you struggled with this when you came back from solo traveling is suddenly realizing that it's, it's, inc- it's great having this time to do what you want. And I really like it. Like it's really, it's great. Cause you just get to choose what you want to do. But at some point, like, like now I'm in a relationship and I don't know if you are, but so you then have to learn to adapt to like sharing that time, still having alone time, but you can't have quite as much of it anymore. And you have to adapt to including other people in that kind of like free time. I have, I've, I'm, I'm in a relationship now and I've been with my boyfriend for like seven months, but the fact that I've actually had that alone time and had that mm. independency makes our relationship so much healthier mm. because I'm not needy, like I'm not constantly asking to see him because we both, we're both very independent people mm-hmm. and we both enjoy that space. So then when we do come together, we can just really just be grateful for each other's company and just have that special time. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that, um, that I have spent those years like single solo traveling has mm-hmm. made me such a better well-rounded person in order to deal with like my emotions, self-regulate my emotions, mm-hmm. but also have a healthy relationship because I think that this is the first healthy relationship I've ever had yeah because before I was just like I was constantly reaching out for um, validation I didn't seek it from within and now I've learned Mm. like through all that like solar exploration journaling meditation like exercise that you know I I give everything to myself Mm -hmm. first so I feel like all of that has been like a massive benefit in terms of like my relationship yeah definitely and I think it's by when you know how to spend time on your own yeah and doing these things where you do spend your time on your own so you are entertained that when you do spend time with each other then it's a lot better and you're not like you said you're not seeking anything from that time and I'm not I'm not seeking yeah exactly exactly. yeah and I feel like when you're single and you have that alone time you learn what you enjoy and you Mm. like learn to see like what you love doing and when you're in a relationship you shouldn't stop doing that you need to continue doing the things you love doing you can't mold yourself and shape yourself to fit to this other person because it's not gonna it's not gonna work long term so I think having those things that you know that you enjoy and like having those things that those are boundaries for you like this is what I'm doing and just I think has allowed me to also communicate clearly like my boundaries yeah definitely it's just so important I didn't realize how important boundaries were before I did this like self-exploration no for you being in a relationship but also on your own self-development journey where you're trying to find out more about yourself so I find that a lot of the female like like not content creators I'm not sure like not influence people like life coaches people like that who talk a lot about different things often they're single often they put across this kind of very like single attitude like focusing on yourself that type of thing how what boundaries do you put in place to make sure that you still like you grow and you're on your own self-development journey whilst being in the relationship um so I, I think like clearly communicating to him that I do need that time to mm. like work on myself and I think we've we've both had that conversation that we are both like working work in progress like mm. we're both not like fully healed and I think it's kind of like trying to work together as much as we can and with that mm. obviously we, we both still have stuff that we need to work through but I think that's when you clearly communicate to someone okay like this has upset me or this has triggered something in my past and when you can have that open communication Mm. I feel like it just works so much better um and 
yeah we're, like we're both like on, we're definitely both like on a journey um mm-hmm. I don't know about you and your boyfriend but it's just like there's obviously like so much to work through I but think this is the thing yeah it's like it's a tricky thing because a lot there's so there's almost this pressure to be this perfect like communicating everything very very brilliant relationship and everything like that but it's hard because I think you also whilst you're on this self-development journey into becoming the best version of who you want to become you've also got to realize that you're only human and that everyone around you is only human as well I think sometimes like recently I've been questioning the standards and the boundaries and some things that I might have set for things and then mm. be like, that's totally unrealistic to think that yeah. they're never going to do that. Or yeah. that if they ever do that, that's it. Like all of these things that I have set in my head about different things for different people. And I'm like, that's not a boundary. That's a boundary that's never really realistic. Like yeah. it's not long-term. You can't hold them to that standard because everyone's just a work in progress. Mm. I think I'm learning to have, you have to be kind of, there's boundaries, but you also be, got to be more forgiving about it all. I think yeah. I was too strict initially when I was learning all about it. Mm. I think boundaries are put in place um, to just protect you, but also protect them. Yeah. And I think I wasn't good at boundaries before because I said I was like people pleasing. Yeah. But then that's just damaging to both to the both both people in the relationship, whether that's mm. friendship or, or um, romantic. Um, but yeah, I think realizing that we're all human at the end of the day and like mm-hmm. we're all we're all dealing with emotions I'm like I think, <laughs> yeah we're all fucking trying like it, life is like life is amazing but it can be hard at times mm-hmm. and I think like just because someone says something one day like that's not really a reflection of you like they might just be going through in their head mm-hmm. something that's difficult for them right now and I think mm-hmm. on this journey like you do kind of realize that everyone is human as well as kind of like putting those boundaries in place so it's kind of finding mm-hmm. that like balance Exactly. I think it's definitely something that becomes more and more evident the older that you get, because I was speaking to like some customers that I was serving and they were an elderly couple and they were just complaining mm-hmm. about how something hurt. And they were like, you know what? I don't feel any older. I don't feel any older. I still feel like I felt when I was 18. Your body just hurts a little bit more. And it's this kind of realization that you're also just human. We're all just like how you feel now. You will feel the same way in like 10 years, just more experiences and more knowledge yeah. and more kind of like idea about where you go and I think as I'm getting older I'm realizing that I'm not I thought I'd feel really different I thought mm. I would feel I thought I'd feel so in control grown up adults yeah. so everything fine and it's just not really that way at all and it's yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel like the early like navigating your way through the early 20s is like the hardest thing ever I'm so glad you're saying that because it is hard it, it, I'm not enjoying it it is stressful how do you find yeah. it um it's just like this Mm. like you think it's gonna be like this and it's just like it's literally like that and like some days I literally was like is there something wrong with me like you Mm. you question that a lot and you just like I don't know you is you want to put labels onto why you're feeling a certain way but sometimes you just do and that's fine what Mm. I found really helpful was to like with like learning about my menstrual cycle in terms of like my mood and my hormones and mm-hmm. I can kind of assign emotions to I can give them a reason to like my emotions if you know if you know what I mean yeah that's so, really interesting yeah so say like I was coming up to my period and it was like a week before and I was feeling like really down like I check my app and then I'd be like oh like this is why I'm feeling this way because mm-hmm. it's like four days before I come on my period mm-hmm. and I was like I can actually give like a reason to it and like it's it's really nice when you like just gain clarity around like what's going on in your body and I feel like that's when I'm just like it it's it's a really good way to like self-regulate your emotions it's true because then you're giving yourself when you're feeling like anxious you're looking at that and then you're thinking no I'm not 
anxious for no reason there's nothing big wrong like and hormones, not, yeah yeah you can't help that like that's you just can't help your how body you is yeah so not, are you on any contraception or anything that impacts your hormones have you found that they've affected how you felt at oh, all yeah so like I'm not on any currently but I had I was on the pill for like yeah like I'd say like two years when I was six or 17 I went on the pill for like two years and it was just like the most awful thing like I tried like three really? different ones yeah mm-hmm. and like I just never got like my it would make my mood so like erratic and I'd feel so low mm-hmm. it was horrible like it was just making me not me and um, mm-hmm. the best thing I ever did like coming off that like I know a lot of I know some girls on pills like it works for them but I've heard like a lot more things about just yeah no like it really I think a lot of stuff now is coming out about like the long-term effects of like the pill and stuff but on our bodies and like in you know like the um, piece of paper that comes with the like pill like the yeah. thing this just like can cause like depression anxiety like blah 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 all this stuff and it's just like the doctors did not bring that to our awareness when we were like 16 17 no and just like, literally they and they, they give you like the easiest one and it's ridiculous because I don't know I've been on quite a few different types now I've had like I was on the pill and then I was on the implant and then I got the like IUD the in no the coil so I've had all three of them and I just think that I was just kind of like handed them without much yeah. explanation to behind like why and what was I doing yeah. because when I swapped onto the implant I didn't I didn't really have a solid reason I just said I was forgetful but I wish I'd have known more about the different, the impacts of having, so when you, obviously when you have the pill and the implant, that hormone is going all around your bloodstream. It's going everywhere. It's going to your brain. It's going to everything. But with the coil, it's way more targeted and yeah. a little bit might go out, but it's nothing like yeah. what your body's used to. And I just, I never really considered the impact that all of that was going to have. No, no, really? neither did I. It's weird, isn't it? Like, it is weird. Like, we're putting that in our bodies. Like that's, our bodies are everything. Like, like that's what we're going to have for the rest of our life and the fact that we're like so unaware of kind of what's going on our bodies and when we do feel those emotions from those side effects it's just like you're not you think you're going crazy but it's like no it's because this I'm taking in all these extra hormones and I'm having this injected into me or blah mm-hmm. blah blah and it's just like it's just there needs to be so much more awareness around it and I feel like for like teenage girls like they really need to be like educated more and like the impact of each mm. one and actually making that educated decision not just like this is right for you no, I kind not- of accepted it at the time I think that's the thing I wish I'd have known more as well about the different types of pill yeah I like, wish I could have it available to me yeah I, I didn't I just was good like give it oh this is what you're taking I was like okay fine yeah. and in a weird way yeah. everyone was on the pill and it's kind of like oh everyone's on it this is just what you do yeah. this is normal but- it's just you need you need to have I think we need to sort of like look at what's best for us and like what mm-hmm. suited us most but yeah very very similar thing with when I when that happened to me as well it's just like you just got you just took what you were given but it's yeah. like it was actually such a big thing at the time yeah and you don't realize it when I'm thinking back to it I, I, it didn't really cross my mind and it's tricky because obviously I didn't want to get pregnant so I was like well yeah I'm gonna take it I'm not gonna not take it I don't want a baby right now it literally and I was like it's just it's a weird one I don't it's not right how it's all sorted it's not right how it's all organized and the thing the misinformation is also there's quite a lot of like scaremongering articles as well and I it's tricky like a 16 year old girl could get really frightened like I remember getting really frightened because I was getting the implant then I heard this horror story that the implant traveled around and got stuck in the lungs and like the and all these things can happen, but it's like, it'd be great if someone could sit down and tell you these things mm. and explain that that's like, this is a really rare thing that can happen or 
I don't know yeah. it's just not in the right way no I know I totally agree on that I feel like there's more traveling things that I want to talk to yeah. you about. I want to ask you about traveling as well, like what your plans are and everything. Yeah. I'm so excited. So yeah, tell me like about all your traveling plans. Like I want to hear and like how did you like come about them and like who you're doing mm-hmm. it with, where you're going. Kind of. So for me, so when with COVID and everything, traveling was meant to be the big one after uni, and then COVID came, and I was like, I actually don't have the funds to do this right now in the way I want to do it. I'll just work this summer, go to a few festivals, have a different type because everything was so uncertain. Yeah, I didn't want to like commit to going somewhere and being expected to travel around and then it not working. Like yeah. I think there'd already been so, for me so many things that had like just not gone right. Like graduation, everything just seems to be being cancelled. So I was like, yeah, I'm not risking it right now. Um, so then I was like, this is fine. I'll work, work until now. I was meant to quit my job now. And then I'll go traveling this summer and that'll be it. Three months, massive traveling trip. Incredible. Can't wait. Great. Yeah. And then I got an, so it was all fine. I was really excited about it. And I don't know why I thought this would be good because I'm moving to London in September and I was like, I'll be able to afford it. It's fine. Mm. I don't actually think I could have afforded it and I think this is one of the other things about growing up which is just really it's like sometimes you have to choose the boring decision and for Mm -hmm. me that was doing this internship instead so instead of doing the three months traveling now I'm going to do one month traveling and then working at the internship as well which I am happy about it's not it's kind of like I feel like at points I'll be like I wish I was just on a beach in Bali right now I don't want to like just be here but I think as much as you want to prioritize those things and live in the moment, be spontaneous, there is sometimes we just have to be like this right now. I'm only doing it for a year. Mm. I just need that money to and that experience because it's an internship in a company, like, and I'll learn to code. And there's so many other good things about it that I wouldn't have the opportunity to do and I wouldn't know much about if I didn't do them. So I think mm-hmm. it will be good. And then I've still got a month. I think this is the thing. You know, when you set your expectations of something really high. And then like, if I just told someone, yeah, I'm going to Bali for a month, they'd be like, that is incredible. But in Mm. my head, because I've told myself three months, I'm like, bit of a downgrade, isn't it? Not really what we wanted to do. It's not like that. It's tricky. Have you ever been to Indonesia or anywhere like that? Um, No, the closest I've been is Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, But I really want to go to Bali. Like it's like on my list of places. I want to go to like the Philippines and Bali. I want to go to Thailand. Mm. So yeah, you're going to have like, are you going to Bali for a month then? I think so I don't know if we'll travel yeah. around Indonesia but I think also there's this kind of I think I'll try and cram too much in and I don't want this to be a stressful trip like you I want to enjoy it just yeah. relax and just exactly. like I think just do like Bali just travel to the different islands for a month mm. I reckon just do that and there's so much to see there literally. how did you find when you were in Dubai and were you and when you went did you say you went to Monaco as well yeah so what did you do there were you working there or were you just enjoying life yeah <laughs> Uh, so it's actually a really funny story 